0: welcome to zero ring iq and the scott hall to my kevin nash cory we are here to take you through crazy ass moments in wrestling history and show you about the wild world of wrestling welcome to episode i guess 0.5 our pilot episode uh where we go through the basics of professional wrestling, and then a smaller incident that I find absolutely fucking hilarious throughout the history of wrestling. Um, Corey, you know absolutely fuck all about wrestling, don't you?
1: I remember watching wrestling as a child with my dad and never really guess getting an explanation other than grown men Acting like they're hurting each other and it not being very convincing, but it also led to us being able to try to beat the shit out of my dad. So that's about what I know. I remember brief moments in history. I know some wrestlers' names, but pretty much no fuck all.
0: All right, let's uh, get into it then. Uh, I have a little quiz type questionnaire compiled for you to see <clears throat> what the hell you know about wrestling. Uh, let's just get started. Do you know what a gimmick is?
1: In wrestling or in general?
0: In wrestling. What is what is a wrestler's gimmick?
1: Maybe like their persona?
0: That is very correct. Uh, it would be Stone Cold Steve Austin has the red neck. There are a bunch of different personas people have wrestling-wise. Okay. Uh, can you name five different types of matches?
1: Well, I know... The Royal Rumble, of course, because that's a part of every freaking culture. They have some sort of bullshit like that. Then there's cage matches, ladder matches. Um, trying to think.
0: I think that's it. So the big ones you've missed out are singles matches, tag team matches. Oh, of course tag team. There are the triple threat match or in other companies known as the three-way dance The fatal four-way match uh there are you will get into different type of matches and crazy match types that are known throughout the history of wrestling uh what do you know about how to win a wrestling match
1: i know in certain ones if you get thrown over the top rope and your feet touch the ground you're out that would be
0: royal rumbles and battle royales okay how do you win in a singles match
1: you have to pin them for three seconds, right?
0: That's a pinfall. There's more than one way to win.
1: Mm, you shoot them with a rocket launcher.
0: I mean, honestly, we could probably find a match <laughs> that is set like that in history. I know China at one point in time, her entrance included she a fire- flare gun, right? yep, a
1: firework rocket launcher. Yeah, I remember seeing that as a child and thinking that looked very dangerous, but also I wasn't there, so fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, any, any other ways that you know how?
0: Mm, I'm guessing referee disqualification? Disqualification is another one I have on my list. There's and... two more that I have
1: set. Well, isn't there one this, with the stupid ladder match? Like, if you climb the ladder and grab the belt, isn't that... That's the whole point of a ladder match. But is it, But is that technically a singles match? There are... It can be.
0: It can be. That's, that's like a different type of team death match in a video game.
1: Okay, um... I don't know. So
0: you can lose by submission. Oh, okay. Which Tapping out, of course. And then
1: there is... I thought that was just an MMA thing. Nope, that actually... I mean, I quit watching wrestling when MMA got big because I was like, oh, I could watch people actually hurt each other. And that That is... I mean, I know they actually get hurt in wrestling, but it's it's far more theatrical.
0: You have pissed off about 90% of our audience immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Another one is a count out is when you're outside of the ring the referee will start a count and usually it is a 10 count but in japanese wrestling and now in aew in america the count out is 22nd count out so there's a lot of room for shenanigans and bullshit to happen outside of the ring why the hell would you get out of the ring you get out of the ring you could do some to procure a weapon or something procure a weapon uh irish whip somebody into the stairs into the uh, barricades okay. I was thinking, I, I, ddt them I, on the mat i, I, outside. I know i've seen
1: it like as a child them going out of the ring and then like chasing each other around might as well had that you know benny hill music playing behind it. it's like what are we doing chasing each other around the ring and then inevitably someone would either get thrown into a table or slammed into the stairs but i never really understood it's like what well, why don't we just finish what we're doing in the ring so do you know any rules of
0: wrestling, of what, what the rule set is, even on striking?
1: Well, it's not, it's there's no closed fist to the face, right? Correct. Cause that's
0: that's actually a really obscure rule that I'm really surprised that you know of. I
1: just remember watching them always punch each other in the shoulder and asking my dad, why don't they punch each other in the face? And he said, because it's not a lot. There was a lot of slapping, but I was I was always confused, especially with the backhand to the chest, because having fought with my brother at least nine or ten times daily, that move never uh, really caught traction. Was I-, I never really thought, I'm going to slap my brother in the chest until he quits.
0: The Ric Flair chop is definitely a thing. I mean, yeah. big motherfuckers like the Big Show, you do not want to take a Big oh, no, Show I'm chop sure. I'm chest.
1: I, I'm 150 pounds to throw the fuck around. I'm sure that I wouldn't want to take a chest slap from any of them. Right. So, most... Rap- about with and with kicking, it's pretty much like ev- everything's legal. Because I remember watching Bill Goldberg do that weird back kick thing and catch that what was that guy's name the cat it wasn't no
0: it was brett the hitman Hart, and that is actually another incident that we will probably get into because that was the lead to the end of brett hart's career
1: i just remember watching that monster bill goldberg he was my favorite uh when i when i did watch it of that era but I just remember that kick with that and the spear, of course, but that kick just looked like it would fucking kill you if it connected. <laughs> and and I know they, they practice, but I was thinking, dude, if you screw that up, you're gonna dislodge this guy's noggin from the rest of his body.
0: And we will get into that later in a different <laughs> episode. Uh There are rope breaks, which a rope break leads to a referee count. So if you're beating the shit out of me with your hand or grappling me in a submission and I grab the rope or am leaning against the rope, the referee will start a five count, and essentially you have, until the fifth count, until you
1: are disqualified. So you'll see people... So you get to beat the shit out of the person holding the rope for four seconds before you're disqualified. Absolutely. Okay, alright, that makes sense. So now they're, I mean, in whatever world this is, it makes sense. It's wrestling. It often doesn't. <laughs> <clears throat> so
0: here are some uh, basic insider terms that I'm going to go through with you, see if you know any of these. Do you know what a babyface is?
1: Someone who looks really young?
0: No, a babyface is actually more of like the heroes of the sport. Of...
1: Oh, like the good guys, the the lawful good characters. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, what, do you know what a heel is? That's the asshole. And do you know what the heel's job is? To be an asshole.
0: And that has a term called getting heat. The heel's job is to get heat.
1: Well, because you had the guys that would, like, just do all the shit that, like, would be, like, the anti-hero and spit shit on the crowd and, like, always act like they didn't give a shit about the crowd and then inevitably people gravitate towards them like for whatever reason how the diaz brothers and mma have fans when those guys are the biggest douchebags ever
0: you understand that the diaz are fans
1: of the ufc
0: connor mcgregor is 100 yep. percent the best mma person to draw heat probably besides colby covington
1: and if only he would draw a meteor into his face
0: that's why you want to see him fight to get the shit kicked out of him indeed So, a babyface's job is to get over. And what getting over is, is you don't boo the heel and then have no reaction to the babyface. He's
1: the guy who's getting cheered then.
0: Absolutely. So, you've seen the spot probably before where you hear the bad guy punches and you hear the boo. And then the good guy punches and you hear the cheer. That's 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 the definition of heat versus getting over okay. it's it's the heel's job to get the baby face over and it is the baby face's job to help the heel generate heat okay so do you know what a mark is that like your target kind of correct uh like
1: i'm um, thinking hitman standards right now is what i'm thinking your mark is like that's the dude i need to take out
0: a mark is a fan so a fan there you'll find that a lot of so it's uh, just like hey
1: this is mark he's my fan
0: no it's uh <laughs> you'll find a lot of professional wrestling terms crossover with carny terms because that is the origin of professional wrestling happening carnivals that. you want Somebody to boo for the heel, cheer for the baby face. Somebody to know the insider terms. I'm a fucking Mark. I, I love professional wrestling.
1: So it's like super fans.
0: It's super fans and people who get pissed off at stuff they really shouldn't get pissed off at. People who were mad at Bill Goldberg's winning streak when he was a transplant football player who learned how to wrestle instead of...
1: Someone who had been in the sport, raised in the sport, you know A
0: dusty roads,
1: someone, yeah, like some, someone like that. Uh, someone like like Bret Hart whose like whole freaking family was in it, right?
0: Absolutely. Do you know what juice is? Steroids. I mean, yes and no, uh, to get juice. Sunny Delight? To get juice. (laughs) That, that's, we, we, that's tentative calling Sunny Delight a juice. (laughs) I mean, it's liquid
1: and fruit flavored. (laughs) Uh, juice is blood. Ah. Is, so when when you get juice, so like when the when Willie Nelson the Onion Monster rips off Carl's arms, that's that's what he, he was absolutely. So he that's must a, be a professional wrestler, right? I mean, you actually that even was an he, Aquatine reference for anyone who uh, actually thought that perhaps Willie Nelson had ripped a guy named Carl's arms off. But,
0: which which is good because you actually hear him scream
1: juice and then. Uh, so oh, I'm sorry. Do you guys want some? To
0: to get into the vegetable-related terms, do you know what a potato is? A fat guy? No, a potato is a punch that is absolutely 100% real. There is going to be an episode that we do, even if, even if it's just a small section, that is legitimately named Needless Potatoes, where it's just <laughs> guys just fucking punching or kicking the shit out of each other. So,
1: I guess, is this is this like an audible? Do you call that before you throw the punch? or like, potato bam!
0: No, actually, one of my favorite potatoes that are ever thrown is Brock Lesnar is wrestling with a fairly green guy named Braun Strowman, and Braun Strowman is just whooping the fucking shit out of Brock Lesnar, throwing needless potatoes, and you see Brock throw a knee, which the guy leans over like normal, and then he just squares back and with his big fucking meat hammer fist, rocks this guy's fucking world with a punch and then is picking him half up off the ground where he's really dazed from this punch. And you hear Brock Lesnar use the words, slow the fuck down, kid. Which, when Brock Lesnar is telling you to slow the fuck down, you really need to slow down and really figure out what the fuck you're doing.
1: Yeah, it doesn't. He never really struck me as. Uh, the smartest person in the world. And so for him to be like, you're doing too much is probably, because I'm guessing he probably feels a lot less pain than most people. <laughs> I mean, he just, he has that look about him. So, and that's
0: actually a good, for the next term of Braun Strowman's potato versus Brock Lesnar's. Brock Lesnar's is called a receipt. So if you get a couple potatoes thrown at you, you know, you have a receipt coming and you're going to get a return. <laughs>
1: So, the receipt is the counter potato.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Do you know what a botch is? This one's kind of easy. When you screw up a move? Yeah, so you'll have a spot that you have, and that's the next one. A spot is kind of a setup of moments that happen in the match. Usually, when wrestlers set up a match, they have a couple of spots they want to get taken care of. And then. So, like a
1: spot would be like throwing them into the rope so they can come back so that you can kick them.
0: Absolutely, okay. and then a botch would be the the Goldberg, fucking taking Bret Hart's head clean off. Okay, that.
1: okay. So an accidental potato.
0: Yeah. So a high spot would, so would that be, be a mashed potato? <laughs> we we can get we can submit it to the wrestling fan boards and get told fuck off later. Uh, so well, a high at least spot. Get
1: copyright on that?
0: Probably, probably not. <laughs> uh, so a high spot. What, do you know what a high spot would be?
1: Is that like when you jump off the ropes or the turnbuckle? Or is that what it's called, it's, the turnbuckle? It's v- very
0: close. Uh, the high spot of the match would be like the big climax of uh, the match. Okay. Of your matches are a couple of spots that lead up to a high spot. And you'll hear uh, Jim Cornette, if you ever listen to him, I'll probably shoot you a couple of his podcasts. He is a big proponent of don't do too many fucking high spots because if every spot in your match is a high spot
1: you kind have sets no up the next match with no wiggle room. Enough. Yeah. You, Not
0: even the next match, the next ten minutes of you, you've done two back flips and a hurricane kick in the first three minutes of the match. And
1: now you uh you used up all your special power and so now you are just using light moves. Yeah, you have ten okay. minutes left and nobody's gonna ooh and ah at the rest of the match. I mean literally most of my my knowledge of wrestling moves comes from king's character from tekken and reading the move list so it
0: i'm glad you at least know what a power bomb and a ddt are <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know what a moonsault is what's a moonsault when you backflip off of something and land a belly first to a person laying on the ground
0: okay then what's a shooting star press
1: is that the front flip one where you land like it's like a a front flip atomic ash drop is that what that one is
0: that is a swanton bomb a Uh, shooting star press is a gainer backflip where you land on your stomach Oh, okay do you know what a 450 splash is
1: Mm, no
0: it is a front flip and a half and you land on your stomach man that sounds stupid You'd be surprised how many high spots are stupid. I
1: I can only imagine. The, the only high spot that comes to memory was from childhood when Kane chokeslammed mankind through the cage. I was like, That's terrifying. To to
0: correct, that was The
1: Undertaker. Undertaker, that's what it was, And that is an incident we will also
0: get into because the behind the scenes on that match is absolutely fucking bananas. I heard a rumor
1: from someone that Mankind... Like had to force the Undertaker to do it because the Undertaker was like, "This is going to kill you," and he was like, "Kill me."
0: <laughs> That's that is that is mankind in a What's fucking. What's his name? Mick Foley. Yes, Mick Foley. I've
1: heard him in interviews and stuff. The dude is super intelligent. Yeah, but... Mick Foley is like.
0: You'd be surprised, like that—a man just that a masochist?
1: is masochist. He just loves being in pain and uh, hurt. Yeah.
0: We will get into that with the career of Mick Foley, like okay. that I mean, is. Remember
1: here, like one time he like someone like spread thumbtacks out and like drug his ass through. Oh, it or that, something.
0: that's a spot. So a thumbtack spot is like Mick Foley's bread and butter, mm-hmm. where people do like a jump kick. Mick Foley's like bring the fucking thumbtacks right, so out.
1: So he's the wrestling version of Albert Fish, just constantly <laughs> wanting to get pierced by. a sharp object. he
0: is a human car crash of a wrestler <laughs> and I fucking love Mick Foley like he's a he is a great guy uh as you said very well put together in interviews so I kind of prepped two matches for this for this lead-in for this first episode and the first match that I said I I really wanted you to watch on your own so you can see it is Adam Cole versus Ricochet At NXT TakeOver. It is a fucking beautiful match. It is everything that could go right in a wrestling match. From spots to high spots to babyface versus heel. And I thought that would be good content. But I thought would be better content. Is showing you everything that could go wrong in a wrestling match. Always better. So, in this corner... Antonio Berovich, known as the Great Antonio, was born in Zagreb. <laughs> yeah. was born in Zagreb, kingdom of Serb and Croats and Slovans. I've probably fucked that say, up.
1: I'm sure you pronounced that wonderfully and every person of that country is clapping because you you just killed it.
0: Yep, killed it would be what they're going to try to do to me. <laughs> he uh, went to work at the age of six with a pick and shovel uprooting
1: trees. At six? At six years old. By, is there a reason why? Does uh, he have bad parents? I mean, of course <laughs> he has bad parents, but I, it was there just no school available? I don't know anything about Serbia. So. My
0: guess is it was pre-World War Two Serbia, so that would probably be an, enough stated. That's, that's as much as I could find in my research. But by the age of 12, he was able to uproot
1: trees with
0: a cable around his neck.
1: So you're just like... Dog collared it and just would do the whole foghorn leghorn thing and chew chew have and a fucking pull have a tree giant out. chicken paddle his ass and then run away and he'd run against the tree and yank and he'd pull the tree out.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much that. This is like the only thing I could find about his childhood because it
1: sounds like Looney Tunes and also sounds like child slave labor but and
0: and that's pretty much what happened did
1: he ever go to school uh it doesn't
0: seem like he really did and would his interviews be reflective of that uh yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) yes surprisingly Uh, i mean i'm just guessing if you if you put your child out there to uproot trees at six making that because i I have a six-year-old and Getting him to clean his toys up is sometimes a nightmare, but we're going to go ahead and be like, no, we're going to need you to be a part of deforestation over here in this area. So I- I'm guessing that they weren't like, maybe he should also get an education.
0: Yeah, no, uh, this this was more of, uh, it was uh, pre-World War Two, right after World War One. So my guess is, it was like we, we need people to uh, work in work camps and fucking deforest and do what we can.
1: Hey, Dad, I want to be a school teacher. No, you're gonna t- you're gonna take trees out.
0: Yeah. Uh, so him and his family were displaced by the events of World War II, and in 1945, he arrived by refugee ship in Halifax, Nova Scotia, in Canada.
1: So was he like I guess I don't know where Serbia was in World War two were they were they one of the occupied lands, or was it i mean, I'm assuming if he was a refugee and allowed to go to Nova scotia that he probably wasn't a his family wasn't a part of the nazi party
0: uh yeah i I don't believe so because Serbia is i believe in Russian territory and I, I believe that would be one of parts of the oh, occupied so I missed, land.
1: I missed a chance to do a Russian accent. Damn
0: it. I was about to say you have no idea how much Russians are put in the eighties in wrestling. Your right. time will come, sir. <laughs> At the a s- bad Russian yeah, accent, yeah. I might add. <laughs> I
1: was about to say it's never going to be a good accent that I do, but I'm going to do it just yeah. for you people. I was about to say on track with every Russian wrestler <laughs> oh, and I'm sure there's many that just try to sound Russian that aren't, because that's got to be funny. You are correct. At the start of his powerlifting career,
0: he weighed 465 pounds and stood at six foot four. He was known for his suit size of being size 90 and his shoe size of a 28". A 28? A 28. The great Antonio is is a fucking big dude.
1: But is that in American or European standards? Because the the shoe size are different. My guess would be European standards. Okay, so while you're talking, I'm going to look up what that
0: is. Uh, He was known for eating 25 chickens... Or ten steaks in Alive, one sitting.
1: I, <laughs> I mean, more than more than like. I mean, I, I I don't imagine this guy having the patience to cook them. I just you know, I'm, I'm picturing him sitting somewhere with a conveyor belt of live chickens just going into his mouth. So,
0: beginning in the late 1940s, he began appearing in strongman competitions in Montreal. So, this is still when he was a young guy. And he first made it into the Guinness Book of World Records in 1952 by pulling a 433-ton train, 19.8
1: meters. It can't be right. In the U.S., that's only a size 10 and a half. I mean, he was but, only 6 foot 4. Yeah. Like, he wasn't giant. Okay, that makes more sense. I was, I was literally picturing, like, a Zangief-esque character but with, like, Sonic-scale shoes.
0: I'm so glad and ready I have this match pulled up. I'm so happy to show you this guy. Uh, He later made it into Guinness again by pulling four city buses loaded with passengers by his neck what's with the neck it's why not around the waist once again you 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 asked if this man was educated or not and it seems not so much did
1: he pull them forward or was he like bent over and backing up with it no he was was like full full
0: forward like 45 degree angle lean power walking these buses
1: forward there's just so many better ways. Yeah, absolutely, but no us... <laughs> one pulled him aside and was like, "Hey, buddy, I've got a decision that's going to change your life and possibly the longevity of your neck."
0: We will, we will see at the end of this episode when when we watch this match of why that didn't happen, of how
1: cooperative this man is. Okay. I, I could see that. I mean, literally, when your only goal in your childhood is to uproot trees, you're probably not doing a whole lot of critical thinking. <laughs>
0: during the 1970s he toured the world as a strongman and performer appearing in many world capitals on popular variety tv shows so he was very much known as like the the variety strongman before strongman competitions took off on television
1: so he's like the classic black and white dude that's in like the the was called a unitard and he's like doing the the bar the huge barbell and shit
0: the first picture you look up Of the great Antonio is legitimately that of, like, him fucking ripped to shit, black and white photo in the classic strongman pose. So, yeah, you you hit that perfectly.
1: Well, I mean, the, the stereotypes exist for a reason. Someone had to come first. Right.
0: In addition to his strongman exhibitions, he participated in professional wrestling matches. Antonio almost won the Stampede North American Heavyweight Championship wrestling in calgary in 1971
1: Now, did you say almost one
0: almost one okay because fans nearly rioted at the idea of the great antonio wrestling as a heel could appear and beat their hometown favorite for the championship i could not what a shame
1: right
0: i could not find who the person was he was wrestling but knowing the stampede it was probably one of the Hart family
1: oh there you go because they're all canadian aren't they yep i thought so
0: yep and they they have a long history with the stampede wrestling championship oh, okay. uh
1: his wrestling conti- career i con- say okay like i knew something other than that the Hart family was canadian and they all wrestled Wait, I- that's that's <laughs> oh yeah the stampede uh, competition yes um, very extensive <laughs> knowledge
0: his wrestling career continued into new japan pro wrestling through the 1970s without much success now in the other corner, he wrestled in Japan? Yes. So, but did he just eat the people? Like Oh, Corey. Corey, you you think Japanese wrestlers are small guys? Well, I know there's <laughs> oh, buddy. I, know, I know
1: there's like sumo wrestlers, but like oh, I I guess no. I'm just picturing like little yakuza guys. That, I I'm picturing a bunch of Jackie Chans is what I'm picturing.
0: Now to introduce you to Kaji Anoki. Mohamed Hassan Inoki is a retired Japanese professional wrestler, mixed martial artist, politician, promoter of professional wrestling, and a mixed martial artist champion. He is best known by his ring name, Antonio Inoki.
1: This is... So, Antonio Inoki and the great Antonio.
0: This is what's known as... The fight to the
1: death for the name, or
0: what? Oh, you're, you're real close. Uh enoki is a 12-time professional wrestling championship notably being the first iwgp heavyweight champion and the first japanese wwf heavyweight champion although the reign is not recognized by the wwe well of course not known for being a pioneer of modern mma and what is known as the first mma bout in north america he competed against Do you want to take a guess of who he competed against
1: in the first MMA?
0: In North America.
1: In North America. Uh, I guess that would be the great Antonio, right?
0: Muhammad Ali. Wow. The fight, which was fought under special rules, the majority of the fight saw Anoki laying on his back, kicking Muhammad Ali in the legs, counted 107 times uninhibited by the referee due to a rule that was negotiated shortly before the fight that allowed him to do so without disqualification so upkicks yeah he up kicked him and kicked him right in the thigh and shin
1: Oh well, yeah 107 I mean, times well i'm sure that was to prevent his whole float like a butterfly bullshit it, because that was muhammad ali's bread and butter was his mobility absolutely so then did he get up and beat the shit out of him uh, afterward
0: the result of the fight was a draw. And it has long been debated by the press and fans. I personally think Inoki won the fight because you can't really call the loser of the fight the guy who took 107 kicks. You lost. You lost the fight. But,
1: so, but did Muhammad Ali land anything?
0: If we can watch the fight. There was very little that Ali did to Inoki
1: because he He's shut I... him
0: down with wrestling and then hit his back and just kicked the shit out of his oh, legs. Oh, so
1: like shots thrown versus shots hit his ratio would have been way higher absolutely why didn't uh, never mind
0: the fight was refereed by gene labelle who you know the best for choking out steven seagal and making him shit his pants oh oh,
1: that would be (laughs) correct so now having learned that information
0: now we will uh, get into actually watching the match of the Great Antonio and Great Enoki,
1: the fight of the Tonies. Yeah, the,
0: the the fight of the Tonies, and you will see why Antonio Enoki is known and why the Great Antonio is not. This match doesn't go on long, and it is actually in Japan. So that's the Great Antonio.
1: He uh, looks like someone who is pulling up trees at six. And that is Antonio Inoki known as the, the biggest baby face in Japan. He kind of looks like if maybe like if uh, Elvis got kind of smushed on his way out. You're as about to say now you know Inoki's style. He
0: was a huge fan of Elvis.
1: Oh, that The hair makes sense. He's got a chin like uh, I don't know like Jay Leno
0: he uh, which is made of granite like watching some of Anoki's MMA fights like he could just take drops
1: his hands and just lets people punch him
0: yeah he could take some punches
1: and the great Antonio's beard looks like it could absorb some punches <laughs> it
0: looks like it absorbed three of the ten
1: chickens he would eat easily it's a chicken saver I mean, from my perspective, the great Antonio looks so unprofessional, and what's the other guy's Antonio what? Enoki. Antonio, Enoki, I'll just call him Enoki. The Enoki looks like he actually knows what the hell he's doing, and Antonio just looks like some guy they pulled out of the back of a pub. And that that is yeah, exactly right. Flip. And so at this point, you know that
0: professional wrestling is a little bit of working together, right? Yeah. So... You'll see this just go horribly wrong immediately.
1: Oh, that was theatrical.
0: Because Anoki immediately took that shove, and and actually took it, sold it a little bit, is what what the term is called. So what's what was
1: the three fingers in the air for? He was just being a jackass, taunting him. Oh, okay, I didn't really know what was happening there i really wish i could understand the commentary but so you saw the referee starting to do the five count yeah oh. yep let, let him, him go. go on four yep there you go see he immediately already called it so he's already playing the heel the great antonio definitely needs someone to find find him a better dress
0: yeah his mustard yellow pants are probably to cover on up the combat
1: boots i don't even know what to call that <laughs>
0: The start of the end, because you see, he immediately just no sold a drop kick from a which he's he's already timed him like he's it made did, of it iron. Did,
1: it didn't uh, it didn't really look like he put much power into it. But also,
0: you see him starting to take the punches. You see Noki already starting to be kind of done with his bullshit and
1: still trying to. I just s- want Noki to just drop kick him in the dick. I mean, his front butt would probably stop that, but... So he's trying to arm drag and
0: immediately into another headlock, which you could actually see, like, the great Antonio's actually putting some things on the headlock. Watching him try to move fast is pretty funny. And you see a first, first snap kick from Inoki, and now just no-soul to body check from him again.
1: Now, what is no-soul? So you'd
0: see in normal matches, you'd usually see him actually take the bump and hit his back and actually roll and get up and make it look athletic. He's just making him look like a damn fool. So you see Anoki actually just kicked him in the leg and he was not happy about it.
1: See, there's the the chest hits I was talking to you about.
0: Yep. And now you see Anoki starting to get more into less of wrestling and MMA. So this is the first potato. There's the second potato. And there's the third. And you can see Anoki is just fucking done with him. And you can see Anoki's still following the rules. His his slaps are open, but you can tell he's actually fucking snapping him. Actually taking him to the ground. And now he's going to kick him in the fucking head.
1: (laughs) So these are the mashed potatoes.
0: Yep, these are the receipts. And (laughs) (laughs) as you can see... The Great Antonio at this point is absolutely knocked out on the ground, and the boots are still just a coming. His hands just flopping, man. Yeah, he's. This fucking... ref needs to be fired. <laughs> I was about to say he didn't. The five count hasn't been reached, and now you see at this no. point, Anto, the Great Antonio is not getting up. No, he's clean he No, he's clean oh, the moving. fuck out. <laughs> he's,
1: he's moving now,
0: and you can see the blood from his nose, and he's out. And they declare Anoki so... the winner by knockout. <laughs> <laughs> which w- is not one Aladdin of the Was <laughs> Aladdin
1: getting in the ring really necessary? So like...
0: that was his manager at the time coming in trying to save him from being damaged more, and he's like, stay it down. like he made it worse, though. Yeah, he did, he 100%, 100%. 100%. And you can see the blood on the mat. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's actually, like, knocked out. And... He's still knocked out. Yeah, he is He is fucking out, out. And Anoki is... <laughs> Has no, and you see the people throwing the ribbons in the ring. That is like a show of like this was great for uh, Japanese wrestling. I was and,
1: thinking that they di- they were displeased with that. Normally, you throw things into the ring because you're displeased. I, no, I that's that's a cultural exchange. Is good to know. Yep, and you could see, <laughs> just how, I am bleeding,
0: making me the victor. Yep, that is <laughs> the great Antonio is known as the Wimplo, and you can see at this point he's like, I don't even fucking want this trophy. That
1: trophy is a murder weapon.
0: Most trophies in Japanese wrestling are we'll Holy get in, shit. we'll get into some IGWPs and you will see some fucking great great wrestling shit. But that leads
1: to our end of our first episode. Uh I'm glad it was definitely far more anticlimactic. I mean, I I remember wrestling being pretty slow as a kid, but not that slow, well, that that's one of the things why I was
0: like there there could either be the the best to show you what could go great or what could go wrong. And that was a hundred percent
1: wrong, I was gonna say after the i I, I saw Noki's like done with your shit moment. and I mean, i I don't disagree with him. I think maybe kicking him in the head forty seven times was a bit excessive. but, you know, Again, that referee should have been fired, it, or well, at least you know should have been kicked in the head himself. Well,
0: and that's that's the that's the thing with it of when when you're working a match with somebody, you're working with your partner. You're trying to make once again, it's the it's heel's a good performance. Yeah, it's yeah. the heel's job to get the babyface over, and it's the babyface's job to draw heat. Anoki was letting antonio draw heat the entire time by no selling his moves but as soon as he throw those punches to the back of his head he saw that there was no point of getting over unless i kick this man in the face repeatedly and he got over in his own way that's anoki definitely went into business for himself but he also needed to go into business for himself because at the time it was like someone like The Rock or Brock Lesnar going up against a guy who was virtually unknown in Japan and then having him just shit all over him for the first three <laughs> minutes of the match.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I guess uh, Inoki looked like what I was expecting. Like he that That was something I did not expect to see a worse version of big country Roy Nelson in the ring with him like I I I did not expect he very lackluster appearance it it (laughs) and we can even
0: get into later uh there's a couple matches from New Japan that I really really enjoy uh one of them is called uh usually there's a star rating for matches Mm -hmm. is a five star match uh one of the first six-star matches was in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was known as...
1: Why have five-star ratings if you can give six stars?
0: Because it was known as usually five-star wrestling is like the best wrestling that has happened, but this was the match that has been viewed in the like last ten years as the best match of all time that is just uh, singles okay. match that isn't car crash wrestling or a hell in the cell moment that is actually one-on-one following the rules good uh, okay. storytelling of a match and okay. that is uh i believe it's the rainmaker okada versus kenny omega who is one of aew's top stars right now
1: uh, okay so i mean yeah sure okay i, I don't know any of these people but... well
0: hopefully that is the point of this podcast is by by 10 to 15 episodes in, you'll be like, all right, goddammit, we're going to a live wrestling show because I want to see this shit live. Because watching wrestling is one thing, but to be in the environment and be crowd-side, ringside at a wrestling show is probably one of my favorite live moments to be seen, which one of these we'll actually uh, end up watching. Uh, trios is a next next... It's a three-person tag team match. And one of the ones that I want to show you is actually one that I saw a lot two
1: people in the corner,
0: yeah, so there's two people in the corner, so it's three person on a team.
1: That just sounds chaotic. It is, and it is fucking awesome it just sounds like someone's going to get jumped at some point. And that is the whole point of it. Of If you get thrown into the corner that has the two people, you're just going to get jumped.
0: And so now you know why heat and getting over is such a big thing because you have the bad guys who will cut one man off in the corner and when the baby face gets to his teammate and tags in the fresh man The hot tag is what that's called. People go fucking ballistic in the crowd, and it is great. If you're listening to this and we have a place with comments, let us know what you want to see. If you're a wrestling fan, what are some of your favorite moments that I can take Corey through? I know Hell in the Cell is one of them. Cage matches are one of them. Some weird debuts. Uh, We're going to build up. I'm going to build up to something special, and... Well, it is something special, and I'm going to make Corey watch a bunch of fucking wrestling. So, this has been Zero Ring IQ. I appreciate you guys listening, and stick with us till that final bell, or till one of us gets disqualified or counted out. Have a good night.
1: Ding, ding.